Your style is unorthodox, but effective. It is not the art, but the combat that you enjoy. Man, you come right out of a comic book. You are now, now listening, listening to Black, to Black Comics, Comics Chat. Chat. Black, Black, Black Comics Chat. We are live on Black Comics Chat. Black Comics Chat. Black Comics Chat. We are live on Black Comics Chat. Black Comics Chat. Shannon, CG, Lauren, and Mel form the Nerds of Prey. A group of ladies bonded by comics, gaming, film, television, and fandom culture. Hang out with them bi-weekly as they dig into the very things that make them loud and proud nerds. Available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play. Also, check out their Patreon at patreon.com backslash nerds of prey. Hi, this is Anthony Rutgazer. I'm the writer of The First Hero and Heroes of Homeroom C, and you are listening to Black Comics Chat. Hello, hello. What is happening, world? What's going on? This is Marcus Kwame, and we are back with another episode of Black Comics Chat. And we have returning to the show, uh, you know, previous guest, a <laughs> uh, man that who's who's been around. He's, he's known the heat of the night, you know. Um, but... Tonight, we're here to talk about his new book. Um, so we have Jeffrey Thorne returning to the show. Hey, thank you. Thank you. Glad to be back. Yeah, good to have you back, Jeffrey. So um, for, for anyone who, you know, just for the people who didn't necessarily hear your last episode, and since it's been a little while, can you just, you know, reintroduce oh, yourself okay. briefly? All right. All right. For people who read comics, uh, I am half of John 19. The other half is uh, Todd Harris. We are a little independent comic stuff we do. We put out Prodigal. Um, we did some stuff for uh, uh, Black Ink Hometown Production. We did an issue of, of Menthu uh, for Robert Roach. Um, uh, I, and we did some stuff for Dark Horse Comics, this thing called Journeyman. That was in uh, Dark Horse Presents for several issues. And uh, I obviously, I created uh, Mosaic, which I then, you know, did with Kari Randolph and Emilio Lopez and several other artists for Marvel. And I wrote uh, Solo, <laughs> that nobody read, but it was awesome, and I don't care. Uh, I'm not bitter. Whatever. So, now, was, was um, Solo, was Solo uh, the Han Solo book? or actually, I actually No, no. Uh, all right, here's what happened. Oh, well, and then the last thing is I just okay. did a... You know that's weird uh, Marvel teamed up with Lexus to do a series of uh, uh, comics where the Black Panther uses Lexus the technology to defeat a villain? I actually um, did not. I, I didn't miss okay, that. Okay, I'll send you a link to that. Okay. You know what's crazy? Uh, 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 I'm going to pronounce his name incorrectly, but I love him. Uh, Fabian Nitiesa. Okay, yeah. Nitiesa. All right, he, uh, he's my boyfriend. I mean, I don't know him, but I loved his work on, um, on New Warriors like from, the, from back in the day. Mm-hmm. And I got this email out of the blue on that. And they're like, hey, would you like to write a couple of chapters of this Lexus thing? And I was like, Lexus thing? What are y'all talking about? Right? <laughs> they told me what it was. And I was like, y'all do that? They're like, yeah, stop talking. Do you want to do a couple of chapters or not? And I was like, yeah, sure. What the hell? I, I mean, I'm hip deep in Black Panther anyway. Let me give this a shot, too. Um, and it actually turned out to be kind of fun. Um, yeah, it's wacky because it's got a neck, you know, teaming the Black Panther with the Lexus to beat a villain is kind of weird, but once you get past that, it's still just a job writing a story, and it's not really weird and relaxed showing up in the Fantastic Four beating What's 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 weirder? Nothing. <laughs> so, um, so I did that, and uh, uh, and most recently we were talking about this before the show started. I've been the head writer, showrunner for the upcoming uh, Avengers Black Panthers quest for Marvel Animation, and that's been taking up all of my time, except for this thing we're going to talk some of what about tonight okay cool and that's a perfect segue because the thing that we're here to speak about tonight is uh winterman so yeah. uh winterman excuse me so yeah. um yeah for for the listeners can you just uh you know i guess give what is winterman okay so what happened was a little while ago, what happened was <laughs> um uh, a little while ago uh, a couple of years back uh i was working as a uh, i guess writer of short stories and 
and the novels and stuff of various companies. And, and I realized that um, when you work for a company that owns the material you're working on, let's say you're writing a Star Trek book, mm-hmm. you have a lot of freedom, but it's not the perfect freedom of just writing something, right? So I started sending out short stories that were not related to um, uh, corporate material to different magazines and stuff, and I got a little bit of success from that, but uh, you can't live on it, right? And also, you still have to deal with editors to some degree. Nothing against the editors. Many of them are fantastic, and they make your work better. But they're still there. They still function as sort of a filter, right? right. Because each, each, each publication, uh, they have something they want to do, and they bought your story. Yes, they like your story. But also, it might fit into, like, we're going to put this in the Christmas issue, you know, or, you know, this theme is that, and this fits perfectly with that, right? So with that in mind, can you make this little minor change or, you know, change this one line here and there or take out this paragraph so it really perfectly fits? And you say yes, because they're paying you, you know? So you really don't see usually a perfect example of what the writer is writing, right? Because there's always a little bit of a filter or sometimes a lot, right? Uh, so I sat down, I was like, you know what? I, want, I need to have a way to put out stuff that's just undiluted. Uh, it's just what I think off the dome. Um, I mean, I put the same amount of work into it, but there's no filter except what I think. And so I created the Winterman Project. And really what that was is it was initially it was just for me to put out short stories. But then I started going, yeah, but I like this art or I want to do this. I want to have a little sort of company where I can do whatever I want as I want to do it. Right. Uh, and that could be anything from me putting out my own stuff to uh, I found a couple of writers back in the day. I published a couple of their short stories. You know, there's a couple of audio books with some other people like just weird stuff. It's sort of like a pro- uh, uh, if you were in a band, it would be your solo project label, mm-hmm. right? right. Um, and I did that for a while, and I had some success with it. And then, you know, my, my day job working in um, TV just kind of pulled me away, and I didn't do a lot with it. It just sort of sat there for a long time. Um, and then um, I started working on Mosaic last year at the same, almost the same time that Marvel asked me to do the cartoon. And... Uh, I just got pulled into the sort of what we all grew up like Marvel and DC that we think of that as like the mainstream, you know, the center of comics. And here I am working there and I'm like, this is kind of great. And there's a lot of fun stuff, but um, I'm breaking a brand new character with Mosaic. We know that's an uphill fight. All of us thought the max we're going to get out of this is a year because fans just, you know, a new character, like, mm, we'll see, you know. Um, and you just asked me about Solo and at the same time, uh, they wanted, uh, I think the Deadpool movie had just blown up and everybody's like, oh my God, look at this. You know, we got all these Deadpool characters. Let's spin some of them off, uh-huh. you know, see if they can do the same thing. And I got another call and they were like, hey, uh, Jerry Duggan was like, look, I'm doing this book, but I got a bunch of other stuff on my plate. Do you want to co-write it with me? And by co-write it, I mean, you do you percent and I do tech 20. And I was like, okay, solo, really? You know, and no, no, you asked me, was this Han Solo? No, not Han Solo. That's a whole other thing. Solo is the one-man war against terror or whatever. Um, and he was created in, the, I guess, the 90s. He's had a couple of miniseries uh, over that time since then. And he got um, he got put in the Deadpool and the Mercs for Money. He was oh, one okay. of the cast of that. Right? So they spun off Slapstick, Fool Killer, and Solo. And my first question is, uh, my first question was, Solo? Solo, <laughs> Solo? Like, Basically, he's the Punisher with right. a teleport belt, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah now, his, now that you part... mentioned Deadpool, I, I vaguely do remember exactly. him from the 90s. Right, so here's the thing with Solo. Uh, nobody bought the book. It was basically DOA, right? And it wasn't because people were like, oh, oh, this is terrible. They just didn't pick the book up. Nobody picked up the book to see if it was good or not. Right. They just died, right? <laughs> so, so all that's going on. And I was like, but I'm doing a lot of work on stuff that I don't own. Um, which is great. You have, you're very creatively fulfilled in a lot of ways, but it goes back to that same old thing. I'm working on other people's characters, and when I walk away from this, other people are going to pick these characters up. Even Mosaic, which I completely invented, right. I, Marvel owns him, so I walk away, somebody can do anything they want with him, um, and I can't be mad about it. That's the deal I made. But he's not really mine. So I started looking around and said, what would I like to do that's not being done? And I had this little things, this little label, I guess you call it, sitting here with Winterman. And I was like, let me, uh, let me tell some stories that don't normally get told, right? So I'm not going to be doing any superhero stuff because that's like locked. Everybody's got some version of that locked. 
Right. Let me tell some fantasy stories where we don't normally see black people in them. Let me tell some sci-fi stories where we don't normally see black people in them or people of other colors too. It's not just going to be black people going forward. Um, and I had a weird art breakthrough because I'm also an illustrator, but I never thought I was that good. Uh, or rephrase that. I was never good enough to compete in the way that I wanted to compete. And in the last eight months, I met a couple, I met a new artist and my best friend who was also an artist gave me a couple of pointers and I had this sort of artistic breakthrough. And I was like, does this not suck? This doesn't suck. Right? And I was kind of like, well, if it, if it doesn't suck, um, should I not try to do a comic book? Right? right. And also, uh, I guess in a way, it's different than whatever else you're thinking on, right? Like all the most of your brain is spent on, in this case for me, most of my brain, most of every day is spent on trying to figure out cool stuff for the show, mm -hmm. right? Uh, wrangling a bunch of writers. They've got scripts coming in. Basically, it's all Black Panther all the time, right? So anytime you want to break, you can't just take a break and do nothing. You have to actually put something else in your head to push out the stuff that you've been focused on so much for like 12 to 14 hours of every day. So it started out, I was just drawing pictures. And I was like, oh, okay. Uh, this is actually turning into a story. I've got this new style that actually works. Showed it to some friends who I trust. And they're like, damn, you stepped your game up, man. This is actually good. I was like, thank you. That's, I don't even know if that's a compliment, but thank you. That, that is uh, a compliment. That, that is. Okay. But, okay. Yeah, I, I'll tell them you said that. I'm still not sure, but whatever. Uh, so I went a little crazy, and I said, you know what, let me do these, let me do these comics. So I started doing the one that you're seeing. Mm -hmm. um, and then I was like, well, I'm going to have more free time because, you know, the, the job is going to end, right? Even if we do more seasons than one, right? At some point, this is going to be done, and they're going to have to decide where they're going to do more, and there's going to be a gap. So why don't I start, like, some version of some a new comic book line, right? that sort of focuses on this stuff that I'm focused on right now, which is these different kinds of stories, um, more like in the, in the style of like uh, the, the Avatar series, where they all have like superpowers and they have adventures, but it's in a different venue. And there's none of that secret identity stuff. And it's a world that it's a whole different world. So anyone can kind of hook into it, you know? And uh, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, I'm, I'm my, in my headset, it's saying battery low. I'm just worried that you're hearing that too. Um, and then um, let me do that. So, in addition to what you're seeing in the in the main, like the the, the opening in the opening book, mm -hmm. which is Winterman Comics, which is an anthology, right? This story that we're telling right now is only going to go for two more issues, and it'll shift to something completely new, new characters, new story, everything. Um, but I'm also going to be dropping in the next couple of months. Uh, I think three or four, depending on what happens with the fourth one, it'll be three or four titles uh, that I'm not going to be drawing. I'm just going to be writing. And uh, the way that I drop them, I hope I'll, we'll be back to talk about that. But okay. it's an idea to put some stuff on the boards that isn't normal um, to show, to push the edge a little bit, not in a gritty, sexy kind of way, but more like we can also tell these kind of stories if we want to. Hmm. Uh, and... With that, like, it, like I said, if you like Avatar, if you like this book series called The Amulet, that's just a straight-up series of um, graphic novels, uh, uh, that kind of work, you sh or The Deep, which I love. This uh, Australian guys make this thing, The Deep, about uh, the interracial underwater exploring family. Like They're like the Fantastic Four without powers underwater. It's hard to describe, but whatever. Uh, I love it. And, uh, and I felt like I can contribute, so why not contribute? And that's what this is. So, uh, so this, this, this story is set. Anyway, I'm talking to you. you oh, no, 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 it's fine. Um, so yeah, you, you mentioned, uh, that, that initially it's, uh, an anthology series is, um, yeah. the, so will the, um, separate stories exist on their own? Will they overlap or connect, you know, worldwide okay. at, at any point? This first story uh, the book, one of the books that will drop in the next couple of months, I just got all the art in and I'm waiting for it to be colored and then it, it'll be ready to go. The story that you're seeing now in the anthology will have a, it has a larger context, right? Okay. This world in which the character exists is a world. Um, and one of the characters that has not yet been introduced into this story will be the focus of, uh, their own book when they drop. Like, this universe that you've just been dropped into in this 
short story right. is going to get a whole big treatment in that other book. Oh, cool. Okay. Cool. Uh, so yes, in that score, the next story arc, um, might this be a one-off or it might be something with a larger context. I've decided which one of the stories is that I want to tell. Uh, but basically, we're going to flip back and forth between sci-fi and fantasy. So three issues of sci-fi, three issues of fantasy, and back and forth like that. Right. Uh, different different subjects, you know, like that. Right. I like that. And and you mentioned that, uh, you know, part of your mission is to also put black people in, in those genres where we're you yes. know, not often seen. Well, you know what? A couple of years back, uh, the black girl nerds mm-hmm. were chatting up on my Twitter feed. Right. And uh, they were talking about um, various movies that they all liked and stuff. But there was and it's a common complaint. I'm sure you've heard it before. When you go see Lord of the Rings, we're all the brothers. Right. Right. Now, there are answers to those questions, um, legitimate ones that don't have anything to do with racism. But uh, the question, the thing is, when you start making this stuff in the movies and you're expecting me to pay my money, a lot of people are like, I need to see some of me in that. Otherwise, right, why am I giving you all of my money? Definitely. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And so that was what the conversation was about. And I was like, you know, I've been deep in this stuff since I was a kid. And the black girl nerds, I don't think any of them's young enough. I don't think any of them's old enough to be my age. I think all of them are young enough they could all be my kids. Right? So I was like, this has been going on since I was a kid. And now a whole new generation is, is basically bitching about the same stuff I used to bitch about. Right. That's not right. Right. And what their thing was is how come there's no black elves? Right. To which a lot of people were like, well, have you never heard of the drow? And I'm like, no, man, the drow are actually black, like black. Right. Like we call ourselves black, but we're actually brown. Right. (laughs) What they mean is Negro elves. Okay, you know what they mean. That's people trying to get uh, out on a technicality right there. Right. Just quit that. But it's something I had never consciously thought about until I saw them talking about it. Mm -hmm. So. Just for at that stage, I started drawing this sort of series of stories about these black elves, right? They weren't even stories. They were just pictures, and I was sort of working out an idea for a story that would kind of go along with them if one day in a magical future I could get to it, right? But I ended up doing a, drawing a lot of these pictures. And I was like, all right, well, now there's an actual story here. I just got nothing to do with it. And that was like two years ago, right? And then other stuff happened. You know how life is. Yeah. Other stuff happened. And I, I wouldn't say I forgot about it because I definitely kept drawing the pictures of them at different stages of their little adventure. But uh, 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 and other people, it's not like I'm the only one doing this. Like um, there's various comic book companies and different people. I even know some of them have put out individual books that sort of touch on this stuff, too. But I wanted to put my own hat in a ring. I do have a, a particular specialty in certain kinds of writing and I never really had applied it this way to comics. Mm-hmm. So. Um, so anyway, so. I was like, yeah, let's put these people in these settings. Let's not make a big deal, right? I'm not here to, like, I'm not making, I'm not, like, making blackety-black comics, right? It's, there's no, like, no one's going to stand up on a, on a, anything and preach about anything, right? I'm just saying I spent my whole life looking at stuff where a certain group has been front and center, and they don't stand up on a thing and preach about how they're front and center. They just put themselves front and center, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I'm just going to do that, too. And... This is the first one I thought was a good way to break the ice with everybody. It's a fun kind of adventure that will end up, I guess there's a little bit of a message at the end, but not really. Um, there's going to be a lot of action, like, but it also sets it up, sets itself up as a little bit of a mystery too. you know, choice of language, the way that the characters talk, all that stuff is to sort of go, what's going on here? But it's on purpose, right? Like stuff's going to get explained by the, by the end of the third chapter, you'll know everything you need to know, you know, and it'll be a thing. But I just wanted to, like, everything doesn't have to be a fist, right? right? Sometimes you can just tell the story, and that's enough. No, absolutely. And, you know, that's uh, that's something that we've spoken about frequently on the show. Um, you know, I, there are certain narratives that I think, you know, maybe lend themselves to a more direct, uh, like you mentioned, black-to-black type approach. But in some ways, um, you know, just showing us um being active and being and living lives and being a part of something and having goals and you know etc etc that's revolutionary in and of itself so it doesn't need to literally be revolutionary um and so i I think there's there's room for a lot of that i think the goal is to have more of us in in stories that's 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 where i'm coming from as we're a bunch of people i've been seeing their work that's coming from like that niobe she is life right um 
uh, was, comes to mind immediately. There's other stuff going on. Some of it's a little X-rated, like uh, Spike stuff is crazy, but it's not really for kids. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, there's a lot of people I think have a similar thought, and I just wanted to be, I, I wanted to, I wanted to put my thoughts out too. So, uh, but you're right. We should just stop asking for permission. Just do it. So um, it doesn't have to be folded into somebody else's thing. Uh, you can just build your thing. And oh, yeah. anyway, there's no end. I just say end because I like to talk. Oh, no, no. <laughs> but, it, but it's uh, and I, I really um, I'm definitely intrigued by um, the idea of ownership, you know, as somebody who, who has, you know, worked in entertainment and, and has worked uh, with Marvel. Um, I can definitely, you know, see how, even though you may have liked working on those stories, those other stories, the idea of ownership is important. And it's, um, I mean, it's age old. I mean, even Jack Kirby's, you know, family had to fight to just recently, you know, get some of the recognition that he deserves. That's correct. So, I mean, yeah, yeah. So I I think, and and that idea of of forging your own path is, is something that we really champion on the show. Ownership too, and, and when you say about the show, a lot of a lot of the conversation on your show also, the ownership is also one of the things that's, that's hard with mainstream comics. I mean, the big two, right? Right. Um, is is so much backstory, right? That no matter how hard anyone tries, even if you rebooted it all tomorrow and said, okay, we're starting Spider-Man off, he's just Peter Parker, we're going to tell the origin again and start from there. Nothing that happened before is, is matters. We're going to start everything over again. It doesn't matter because there's still 50 years of Spider-Man behind that. Right. Right. So any new person's like, oh, man, that's a mountain. Right. Everything's going to be referencing something else. And I'm not going to know what the references mean. And why do I even care, man? I'm going to read this regular book. I know how they work, you know. Uh, but I think... And my friend and I, when we started our own little company, when we started Genre 19, we wanted to make books, and I still feel this way, that are entry level, right? Where you can just pop in. This is your first time you ever read a comic and you happen to pick up Winter Man Comics number one. You're not lost, right? There's no, what did, what did Black Bolt say four issues ago? How come he can't talk now? And <laughs> is that guy an android or a real, what is it? You know, like, there's none of those questions. It's just once upon a time, uh, in a galaxy far, far away, this occurred. Come on in, you know. And I think if more people told that kind of story, um, the ownership you're talking about is not just my personal ownership of the characters and the IP and all that crap, right. but they can feel the way we all felt. Like when we first jumped in, like I'm not old enough to remember the first Spider-Man or the first uh, Fantastic Four or any of that, but I kind of remember Wolverine showing up. You know, like, that's kind of fun to be around on that, you know, and to have something where somebody can go, that's for me. That's not something my grandparents use. That's not something my dad used. That's just me. You know, Um, I think there's there's something worthy in making that kind of that kind of commercial artwork. You know, I tried to keep the price low, but Amazon wouldn't let me sell it for ninety nine cents. Like I wanted to keep it really low, right. and like the lowest I could charge was a dollar ninety nine on Amazon, which irks me right now. Like you don't even know. Hmm. Uh, uh, but yeah, also like comics used to be cheap, so anyone hmm. could get them. Anyone could get at them. Twenty five cents, seventy five cents. I remember people lost their minds when they went to a dollar fifty. They're like, "Oh dear God!" Yeah. You know, like, "Oh my God!" The good old days before Noah. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> before the world was flooded, comic books were. A dollar fifty. You don't believe me, <laughs> you know. Um, and so, if you can do it on the web, relatively inexpensive. Another thing, it's all digital, so mm-hmm. no printing costs. There's no distribution issues. As soon as it's ready, you publish. You nice. know. Nice. Um, and if people have a Kindle or a device that can read a digital book, they can see this comic. Um, I gave the first fifty away. I might give another fifty away just for the hell of it. You know. Like, it's more about people reading it than it is about people giving me a few bucks. I get, like, just so everybody knows, I get a 35% royalty on every every $1.99 book, which means I'm making, like, what, 75 cents or something like that? That's mm-hmm. not making, that's not paying my rent, right? The story out here is to get the story out. Have people read it, maybe hopefully get inspired and like it, and just dig it. It's a, it's a, fireside, it's a fireside story, right? Um, that's not everybody's goal. Maybe everybody, some people's goal is to actually make money. I would rather have the story be distributed. So, um, uh, uh, so yeah, so that's that. 
Yeah. Um, so far, people seem to have liked it. That's cool. And um, th- well, there's so much work that goes into creating a comic book that I think you're right. Like just uh, getting it out into the world is something. And um, and also like like the fact that you um, you've described it as a, a YA series. And yeah. Um, I think that's extremely important because you know going back to your point about um you know ownership even from a consumer level i that that's fertile ground you know i I think about myself um when i was a kid getting into comics you know being in grade school and Mm -hmm. it's like i don't know what it was i i I feel like maybe it was something about the way the narratives were at the time like you know obviously i jumped in with marvel books like like everyone else but I didn't have that fear of, you know, the, the, there being so much, um, previous mythology, you know, I, I was ready to go. And I mean, there were, there was so much over explaining too, that I think they usually fill in <laughs> the, the, the blanks for you. There was a lot of You're exposition. Talking about Chris Claremont. You're talking about Chris. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, are you kidding me? I love the X-Men. Yeah. Yeah. No, Chris Claremont was, was my, my childhood, you know? So. Oh my God. He would explain like, Every four pages, I'm like, I know, man. I know he turns into steel. I know it makes him invulnerable. Stop telling me over and over again. Right, right. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, but you know, exposition aside, there is. I, I do believe that there is something to, um, you know, to, to to being young and just ready to yeah. to absorb those those stories, you know, and, and especially when you're seeing people that look like yourself. And yeah. in uh, in the first issue that you shared with us the uh the character that we we follow through the first issue is a mm-hmm. young a young black woman yep. and um i you know just Im- image wise i think it it's powerful and um you know you're really you're literally in her head um yep. as the you go throughout the story and i i think that uh you know that that's something too just that that relatability especially for young people um i i i i think about how long we had to wait to to kind of see representations of us you know and i i feel like as as far as we still have to go that there are you know we're 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 getting somewhere because we we have stories like yours and you know there are like our other guests that are creating these stories where that there is yep. representation yep so i mean i, I think I just, that long story I short think, i think that that is a, a mission that you know i'm I happy to see mi- continued yeah it's an ongoing mission for all of us though like right. one of the hardest things uh, I belong long before we got anywhere, me or me or my partner uh, got anywhere with, you know, mainstream people buying our comics or, or paying us to do the stuff we've been paid to do right now. Mm-hmm. Um, we were making comics. You know, we were making the comics right. and our friends were making these comics. And I watched a lot of people go broke trying to get some really good workout, which people were just not buying. Yeah. You know, like. And you get to this weird place in your head, and I think a lot of guys quit the business at this point. You get to this place in your head, it's like, look, everybody complains that they don't they don't have this material, then we put this material out, and then they don't buy it. And it's like, you know, I I, I mortgage my house to get this stuff out for not me, I'm not that crazy, but I've seen people, you know, so I'm gonna sell my car so I can do these printing costs. I'm like, don't you need that car? Shut up. You know? <laughs> the people must have this work. You know, sure. this will be the one to break us through. You know, and. God bless that optimism. But the truth is, um, we put our guts in a lot of this stuff, and our audience still waits for the white guys to buy it first. So mm. it's kind of like, at that point, you're either like, is this worth it to me, or am I going to get on with my own life? Or am I going to keep plugging? Because what I think will happen is, once there's enough just mass of high-quality work, where people are like, well, you know, what homeboy put out? Like uh, what Brandon Thomas is doing Horizon yeah. at uh, at Image, and that's just a straight up hard ass sci fi story. Like if you didn't know Brandon was black, that's like you know what I mean. It's just right. a sci fi story, um, and it's awesome. Uh, that kind of work needs needs a place, but it can't have the place if the audience can't find it. So. I did all this wrong, by the way. I should have made giant press releases, and there should be like ninety interviews like this one going on, and you know, weird giveaways and you know, other stuff, T-shirts and stuff. I didn't do any of that. I just made this book and put it up, right, um, and try to make it as cheap as possible, put it in the right vein for the right for the, what I think of my target audience, right, people between the ages of like uh, twelve and eighteen, you know, um, 
where they can find it easily, get it easily and cheaply. And if they like it, come back for more next month, you know, or faster. If I can, you know, if I'm not having a heavy workload, I can do this a little bit faster than once a month. Um, but once a month for sure. Right. And then with the new books, they're going to be different. Like one of them's a magic book, like magically based, like mm-hmm. urban, urban magic. I'm like, I don't want to say like Dr. Strange cause it isn't, but like, you know, he takes place in the here and now, but it's still magic. Right. Kind of like that. Um, and then the other one is a spin off of what you're reading now, but with a different character and a much larger version of this universe that is introduced here. And then there's another one that's kind of like, I don't know, halfway between superheroes and sort of sci-fi military um, that I'm just just locking down the contracts on now. Um, and another thing, too, like I remember the first time I saw a Joe Maggiera comic book, mm-hmm. right? Um it was like a dead Deadpool miniseries. He didn't even draw the way we all think he draws now, right? And I was like, this guy can draw. Oh, man, look at this dude. Like, and I bought up everything with his name on it. That's before he worked out the style he wanted to work in. He was already so good, right? right? And I was like, because you're like, am I the only one who sees this? This guy's making fire with his eyes, <laughs> you know? You know what I mean? Like, you're yeah, the only yeah, one yeah. who magic is happening, you know? And I'm like, so not that my art is anywhere please don't ever get that twisted my art is nowhere near that good not e- i'm not even on the country well and, you know yeah you, you know you but, you're, you're you're doing your thing you're dead. but you know what i'm saying like yeah, yeah. but the, the the fun part is the sort of lightning in a bottle right um maybe if i keep drawing next year but by this time next year i'll be really 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 actually good but if somebody can hook into this stuff now i found a bunch of artists just being on twitter Right. I just put out a call every once in a while. Hey, anybody want to make some money? I got money. My check's clear. Trying to get some stuff made. Mm. Right. Mostly people like crickets. And I'm like, you're going to be mad when these books come out. (laughs) A whole bunch of people just made some money. (laughs) You know, and I've just got got the line art in for this one book. I got the line art in for this other book. Got the sort of unique coloring style for one of them. Getting a colorist for this other one. And the third one, the contracts just went out. As soon as I send homeboy his scripts, he's going to get the drawing. And these people can draw way better than me. Like, way better than me. And so when these books drop, that turns it into a thing. It's not just, hey, there's that author who likes to, he also likes to draw. And he put out this cute little book. You know, well, Let's, let's right. keep it positive. You, you know, you're selling some books. So let's... Yeah, right. I'm selling some book. Yeah, I'm not, not positive about it. I'm realistic about it. Right, right. But this is the first finger of a fist, right? There's going to be at least four more of these titles in the next four months. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and like I said, I'm going to drop them all in a particular in a particular way, which I hope will be interesting to the fans. Hopefully there'll be fans. But uh, primarily I'm a writer, so I don't have as much of a, uh, like at my core, I'm really a writer, a writer. Uh, I happen to be able to draw. Uh, if you said you have to choose one, I would choose writing. But um, I'm good enough to get the feet wet, let people know what's coming, tell this fun stories my way. And then when these other things drop, it'll be a notch up above what you already like, I hope. Right. And you're like, oh, man, I thought that other stuff was good. Right. This stuff is crazy good, you know. Um, <laughs> and there's a lot of folks out there looking for work, people you wouldn't be able to people you wouldn't think you could afford. You know, people people whose art style would make you, well, I can't, I can't pay this guy. This lady's way too, she's out of my league. You know, no, they got to eat. So. Oh, I know. You, I, I live the artist's life. I know. But yeah. You know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. You know exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. So I put together a nice team of very talented people from around the world. I got a guy from Greece. I got somebody from California. I'm talking to some people in England right now. That's the beauty of this. All this digital stuff. The things that used to hold us back in terms of money. Anyone can do this. It's not. I'm not so special. Like I'm not doing anything anybody can't do. Right. Like I mean, paying them, yeah. But the Winterman Comics is just me. Like I'm drawing it. I'm writing it. I'm lettering it. I'm doing the little weird stuff you have to do to get it up on a on a, a Amazon and then on Smashwords and Barnes and Noble. All that. Any literally anyone can do that stuff. So do. Yeah, right? I'm, I'm all for that because I think that. Uh, you know, harnessing the the power of, of digital work, other than the fact that it allows, um, you know, it, it it allows you to avoid the cost of overhead, which you mentioned, which is just yeah. really you know crushing with yeah. comics. Like it's it's, it's, it's yeah. ridiculous, and um, you know, it it gives you that freedom. I always say it's kind of crazy when you see critically acclaimed books 
that get pulled because of sales because I mean, <laughs> you know, we live in an era. Well, I, I know you know what I'm talking about, but it's like we live in an era where, you know, it. I, I say let let books get their legs digitally if necessary, and then. Um, yeah. Right. So, like, uh, so you know, but if 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 the 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 big guys aren't necessarily going to be hip to that, I think we can like you know like what you're doing is is perfect. Yeah, in a perfect world, right? Everyone likes the book so much that I'm like, well, let's let's. Let's turn these sales into some like anthology, you know, or like trade paperbacks. Mm. You know, if there's enough of them, you know, after but each issue is between 18 and 20 pages, right? So after I get to 100, right, right. Uh, that's enough for a trade paperback. If enough people bought it to justify that, yeah, I'll do that, right? And I, I, I really think what what the big, I, I don't pay attention to DC anymore. I don't care about DC, but um, with Marvel, I really think that it would be very helpful to them to premiere their, their what they think their most cutting edge or experimental stuff, just premiere it digitally as part right. of Marvel Unlimited, right? It's It'll be there. People will be able to get at it. If it's part of Marvel Unlimited, it's technically free from their point of view. They look at it. They love it. I'm telling you, if they love it enough, they will buy it, Right. you know? And it also allow for a lot more new voices to come in. So, um, I mean, I, that's all marketing they keep us very deeply segregated from that side of the business. <laughs> but um, so strictly speaking as a fan, right. I think digital, I think digital release first or simultaneous release. But I think first, especially for new concepts, yeah. because yeah. the kids who you in theory are, you want them to be the ones to like this stuff. That's where they're living. Yeah. So hit them where they live. Don't expect them to come to you. Absolutely, absolutely, and you know it takes down that wall of um, the comic shop. I mean, I I love the comic shop, and I'm there all the time. But but you know, for people that didn't come up in comic shops, it's it's can be daunting, yep. or it's it's yeah, yeah. There's like a somewhat of a barrier, so I think it really yep. opens things up for people, and and definitely for women. You know, a lot of women have expressed yeah. discomfort with the the comic shop, so I think you yep. know you're opening yourself up. Um, so you, you mentioned, obviously, so, you know, we've spoken a lot about digital platforms, um, which digital platforms will people be able to, um, find Winterman on? Right now, uh, right now it's formatted just for Kindle, um, okay. because of my day job, uh, I have not been able to do the necessary second step, which is to make it like iTunes, uh, or iBooks, whatever. And, um, Barnes and Noble, uh, Comixology takes several months, like, right. because they have such a backlog, but, Basically, once issue three of this is done on Amazon, then I'll, I will have already submitted issues one and two uh, to Comixology. So it will start popping up on Comixology as well. Um, uh, but yeah, eventually it'll be on every available platform. Um, uh, I'm even going to probably drop the price on Smashwords. So it'll go back down to its originally planned 99 cents. Um, in, in the past, what has happened when you do that, I don't know if this will happen this time. I might get a thing where it says you can't do that from Amazon. But in the old days, when you did that, and Amazon has some algorithm that searches the web, mm. they find your book for sale for less elsewhere. They drop the price on your book oh, because wow. they don't want to under undersell you. So I'm going to be selling it for 99 cents in other venues than Amazon because that's what the original price was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So... Um, once that happens, probably sometime next week or this weekend, I got some stuff to do with this um, Stan Lee's Comic Con, so I might not be able to do it this weekend. But uh, certainly by the end of next week, it'll be available in other venues for ninety-nine, not the, the appropriate ninety-nine cents, which probably undercuts my sales on Amazon. But whatever, whatever, yo, I don't care. Uh, I'm trying to get this book out. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so it'll be Barnes and Noble. It'll be a, eventually Comicsology, um, Smashwords and uh itunes book version um and all the other weird like the different like gum road and all those other places it'll be it'll be easy to find um, very cool very cool yeah yeah and um so let's uh if you don't mind let's circle back to art for a moment um you know one of okay. my favorite subjects so let's go. I, fi- I find it very interesting you know that you you know, and honestly, as someone like, you know, I come across people all the time and they say like, oh, I can't draw. And and I tell people like, look, if you draw, you're an artist. It's not, right. you know, it's not that serious. Like, I, you know, granted, there are different levels, obviously. But um, right. the I, I, I'm, I always like stories where people like really, you know, conquer the voices in their head about, 
creating, you know, and, and, and push through. So what was the moment for you when you realized like, no, I'm going to do this. Um, I found, um, there's this, you see, you read the book, so you saw it in the dedication. Right. Um, my best friend is this guy, Todd house. Um, we make comics together. We did prodigal journeyman, a couple other things that are happening. Mm. Uh, we've been friends for almost two decades now. Um, He's a fantastic, one of those phenomenal, crazy, like, you've never seen how good he is because people don't even pay him to use his full potential, right? The work that you do see, that's what he does for other people. The work that I get to see at the house, you're like, damn! You know? But uh, what the fun of being around an artist that's that much better than you is if you don't have the wrong kind of ego, you learn something, you right. know? And Todd is very free. He loves to help anyone who likes to draw or paint and he sees something, he will say... You know, if you thought about light this way, it might help. Or, you know, you don't have to use that long stroke that way. If you try, what, what effect are you trying to get? And you tell him, he's like, oh, this was a trick. You can do this. And you do it, and you're like, oh my crap, that's just a trick and it worked. I look like I can paint now, you know? Right. And, and he's that way. And then just randomly, once again on Twitter, because Twitter isn't just for being cruel to people, folks. <laughs> uh, you can there actually. There are other be, applications, yes. Yeah, there are lovely, decent, talented people who are free with their you know, with what they've learned becoming good. And I found this lady named Jennifer Meyer. Um, you're going to laugh at this. Uh, I, because of the dark times in which we live, I sometimes wake up having a bad day. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, our president bothers me to that degree. Um, I, 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 I can uh, relate, believe it or not. I, I would imagine so. Um, so sometimes I look on Twitter, which is really kind of the dumbest thing to do because it just works. <laughs> yes, right? yes, but for no reason at all, somebody else had seen one of the pictures that this woman did. She does these, she doesn't do it every day, but at that time she was doing them daily. Um, and it was literally Wonder Woman as a bunny. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I follow her as well. She, I, I really enjoy her right? illustrations. She's amazing. Yeah. But this was coming up every day. And it was putting a smile on my face every time I would see them because they were whimsical, right? And I was like, there's not a lot of whimsy in the world right now. And this chick, her ability to maintain whimsy? Hmm. Like now? Wow. <laughs> right. So I was like, so I was like, can I find one of these bunny pictures today? It'll make me feel better. And every time it did. So I said, hell, I contacted and I was like, you know what? Let me thank you for these bunny pictures because I know it seems stupid. I'm a grown ass man and I should be able to do this on my own every day. But every once in a while, I need a little crutch. And I got to tell you, your bunny pictures never fail to make me feel better. Never. Thank you. Right. Mm -hmm. And she was like, that's the nicest thing anybody said to me in a while. Who the hell are you? You know, and I was like, so we just started talking and I didn't realize she did what she does, but she's a high level, you know, cover illustrator. She's done comics. She's amazing. Mm. Right. And I started looking at her work because she would start to show on her own page, which I had not been following at that time. She would show like um, studies. I don't know if the audience knows what that is, but it's like a person working out how to draw something. Right. But even that it's drawing. Right. And she'd show how she's built. She doesn't do it as an instructional way. She sometimes you just show the stages of a piece she was working on, right? And I looked at it, and I was like, you can kind of tell how an artist thinks. If you, if you look at comic books, you can't. Because the process by which most artists create their art for comics, it's kind of the same ladder. And it's just what is the style in which they work, right? They start sometimes with a stick figure. Then they build on the little sort of it vaguely looks like a person, all the blue line stuff, mm -hmm. right? And then, they, and then the real where they start to shine is either at the heavy pencil level or at the ink level where you start to see their style come out or the, or the compositional level where you see the, the shape of the page, the shape of the panel, all that stuff. But it's still basically the same process because of the way comics are made. It kind of has to be, right? This is a woman who's basically a painter who happens to work in publishing, right? So you got to look at a different kind of process. And the way she paints clicked something in my head. And I was like, whoa. She doesn't think about this stuff because I'm self-taught. Everything I learned, I learned so I could learn how to draw comics when I was a kid, right? So I was sort of using the bad version of what good comic book artists do because I'm not as good at that style, right, mm -hmm. as, as they all are. And then I was like, oh, wow. And I started painting, just painting. I mean, digital painting, but digital still painting. painting right. Well, right? Were, you, what, were you using Photoshop? Uh, Procreate. Procreate. Uh, okay. Procreate yeah. uh, on, my, on, my little, on my little iPad. And um, at first, obviously, it looked like, you know, whatever. But then I had this little moment of thinking in terms of shapes instead of thinking in terms of the underlying anatomical structures, 
right? Mm-hmm. The, the proper way that you're taught to draw is to figure out how muscles work and how they connect to each other. You're kind of halfway to being a doctor in a way because you really, to draw people, you really should know how the body works under right. the skin, right? And almost every artist you know and love does know that, right? Um, there are some that we don't talk about, but <laughs> whatever. Um, but um, so this changed the way I think about drawing, right? Because I wasn't a painter. I was an illustrator. Um, and I started painting all this stuff, and I was realizing I could build a drawing a different way, right? It's a weird way to talk about art to people who aren't artists, but you're really a building. A drawing is really a building. It starts with a blueprint, and then you construct a building on top of the blueprint. And that's painting. That's whatever, right? And there's there's d- different ways to start the foundation part, right? The one way that we all think of is the comic book way. It's a basic way. It's easy to understand. Everyone can grasp it. But the painter way is you start thinking in shapes, or one of the painter ways, right? You, you start painting, let's say, the light rather than the thing the light's hitting. Right. It's a weird way to say that. And I started building out these paintings this way, and I was like, this looks like somebody who's way better than me did this. Like, way better than me. But it was me. And I was like, how is this happening? Like, I'm painting it, watching it come up in front of me. And I'm like, how is this happening? And it was all from watching uh, Jennifer's work. And I would check with her a little bit. She's like, yeah, if you did this, change the dark to light this way. And I was like, yeah, you know. And all of a sudden I had, like, not only can I paint, like, there's a whole bunch of stuff on my Instagram that's just me painting, right? But all of a sudden I can now do comics in a way that I could do them relatively quickly. Like, I can do a book a month this way, Mm. right? And... Um, it looks unique. It's a unique style. I don't draw like anybody else, although there's probably some Kirby in there because I love Jack Kirby. But, um, uh, you know, and all of a sudden I looked at it and I was like, all right, I guess I guess I can put up a book. Like, I, I don't think this is my ego talking. Let me show this art to some people who are really mean. Right? Like, I got some art friends that are like, nope. You know, they don't even look at it. They're like, nope. Nope. They don't want to they don't even give you pointers. They're like, you're not even at pointer stage yet. Like, no, no. Go back, back to the lab. No. Right. And my friend Todd is one of those people sometimes. And he was like, nope, you had a breakthrough. The first thing he said is, oh, somebody had a breakthrough. And I was like, what? I had a breakthrough? Me? Little old me? You know? And he's like, dude, you know me. If it was raw, if it was ass, I'd have told you. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, cool. Um, let me do this whole book then. And let me take it seriously. Um, I'm going to write a real story and I'm going to tell it a proper way. And it's going to be this. And it's something relatively easy. Like you're going to take baby steps. You don't want to try and draw like, I don't know, the whole legion of superheroes in the first panel. <laughs> like, <laughs> let's, let's take some baby steps. Yeah, man. Yeah. Right. And all of a sudden I had this little nice story that I've already told once in a bad way. Um, I, I hate to say that, but this is a fleshed out good way of telling that story. Uh, it's all new art. I didn't redraw any panels or anything like that. Um, and it is worth three chapters. It's, it's a three-chapter story. And um, I I mean, I wish it was more deep than that. I just was like, let's put some stuff in the world. Right. And here it is. And we'll see. Like, people might hate it. People might ignore it. I don't know. But people might love it. So if they love it, great. Yeah. But no, I mean, it's like art to me is always an exploration, even when, you know, I've been doing it for years and I have a lot of experience. Right. I teach it, but, right. you know, I'll still discover things uh, as, as I'm going. And I think that that spirit of exploration and discovery and also obviously, you know, learning technical things, it's it's vital, you know. And so, I mean, yep. I think that's that's really no, not the big of the book. Right. I think a lot of us and you said this earlier, there's a, some sometimes there's a sense of people will say, well, I can't draw. Now, that looks like impossible, mm-hmm. you know, like I want to tell the stories and I like to tell it graphically, but I'm just terrible, you know, and I'm like, yeah, I can't play the guitar like Prince either. Right. You know, but you understand Prince started playing a guitar when he was like eight and he's like 48 now. Like right. <laughs> if you're expecting to come in at 48, never having played a guitar before and play like a guy who's been playing for 40 years. Right. It didn't even need to be Prince. Right. Um, that's putting too heavy a weight on you coming in at the start. Um, and like you say, you've been, you've been deep in this for a long time. You still make discoveries. This was my first actual art discovery. Like everything else would just be going, trying to do it right in a way, trying to do it like I've seen it done. 
you know, trying to copy the patterns and not really try to make it mine. Right. And I think if you could, the beginning, the opening thing in the book is you don't have to ask permission. That's going to be in every every copy of every issue of any Winterman comic. Nobody can tell you you can't play. Everybody gets to play if they want to. Right? Just dig in and make that thing. Make it. Go make it. You don't know. You don't know. So maybe it's not this one. Then it'll be the next one. Yeah. You know? I mean, and you get then you get better. You learn from everything you're doing, good or bad. So, I mean, that's my feeling. Uh, no, I, ab- I don't absolutely, even... absolutely. And and you know, comics are be, because you know we mentioned they're they're very time consuming. Yep. Uh, you know, a lot of people burn out, but I think that is the perfect advice is to just just make it you know and then yes you'll work you'll work out things as you go along and like you mentioned that you mentioned you know joe mad earlier and there's a lot of you know even my famous my favorite artists when i look back at their you know initial work you see the growth yep. you see the growth maybe yep. from their first issue to their third issue yes and, and so look you know. at like uh, you know who i love too one of my favorite favorite artists is uh, uh i think he's calling himself james now but jimmy chung okay yeah right yeah, yeah. i mean I love him. I love his work. But I loved his work when it didn't look this good, right? When he was doing um, Scion for CrossGen. If you go back and look at his interior pages and look what his interior pages look at now, you'd be like, is this the same guy? Right. You know. But the original stuff wasn't bad. It was great. But when you see what he's doing now, it's like a completely other guy. You know, like... Like, no, son, do it like this. That's the way he, like, it's a time travel Jimmy Chung would go back and go, no, 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 like this, you know? Um, And that's his journey. You're literally watching him find what he wants to draw like, the way he wants to draw. And I'm like, if they're doing that, if these great people, or Jason Pearson, who I, oh, my God, oh, Jason Pearson. Um, If you look at their early work, you love it. But when you look at their later work, you're like, oh, my God, you know? I mean, water, give me some water. Wow. <laughs> you know, and it's the same artist. It's just five years later and then drawing all five of those years. Right. You know? I think people, they put us up on a pedestal artist of any kind, because when you do it really well, it kind of almost looks like nothing was done. Right. Right. Like, oh, he just walked in through some lines on a page, handed them over and, oh my God, I'm in love, you know, and they think, Oh, well, I'll just dump, jump in and do that, too. And then they jump in and try to do it, too, and it doesn't work because it ain't that freaking easy. But they don't take into account that it takes time and effort and failure. Lots of failure to get to a point, you know, where you can be present. You can present your work in a way that people can go. All right, I may not even like that necessarily, but I can recognize that it's decent. You know, like there's a lot of artists. I'm sure we both have that. I don't necessarily like their output, but. You look at the output and you're like, yeah, I mean, homeboy can draw, homegirl can draw. It's just, I mean, I don't want to read this book, but you can't, you can't knock that they can do it. It's right. just not your cup of tea, you know. Uh, I, I, I think people get discouraged. I think they discourage themselves sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, especially, you know, what we we're speaking about about how there are so many stories to be told. I think yep. the more people you know that that find a way to break through those barriers those internal barriers even um the better you know because right more voices you teach i did not know that yeah i teach i teach art and uh i definitely enjoy it and i always tell people that it actually informs my own artwork because it's like you know when you have to think backwards you have to help people break down these concepts you know what i mean in order to to make um what age range um, it's actually a very wide age range because I teach at an art center um, where we teach people with uh, developmental disabilities. So it's oh, pretty much from, from childhood to seniors. I've okay. had some seniors. Okay. And, and yeah, I mean, you must see a wide variety of skill sets and approaches and, you know, and also, what's the word? It's not bravery. Confidence. Right. Right? Yeah. Of what they would even try, much less what they think their real skills are. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Okay. And you've been doing that for how long? Uh, I've been doing that for 15 years. So. Man. Yeah. yeah. So you're in it. Like yeah, living no, it. I'm, I'm in it. I, I live art, you know, definitely. Okay. Yeah. I mean, but okay. So I'm not saying anything to you that's not new, 
Uh, I mean, that's that is. No, but I, I love these conversations. I love you know speaking about creativity and that whole journey of it. So. Yeah, it's good, and it is that, and it's meditative, and it's sometimes like you can get we can go off into the whole like spiritual aspect of it, but on a really basic level, I think it's good for us. Like, oh yeah, uh, my wife came by one day. Oh, that's another part of the breakthrough. You'll like this too, I bet. Mm-hmm. Um, professional commercial art of any kind, people don't want to hear this, but it is stressful. Like every job is stressful because it's a job, right? Right. It's not just oh, you draw pretty pictures. Here's some money. We're going to use those pictures in our ad campaign. It isn't like that, right? The client has desires. You draw a particular way. Client's like, not exactly. We need it like this. And all of a sudden, you're getting into other people's... You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, it's work. It's a job. That's why they pay you. So you have job stress. And you come home and you want to detox. My job is writing, right? So the last thing I want to do when I get home is read anything or write anything. And I'm a professional writer. I love writing. Right. But at the end of a 14-hour day, the last thing I want to see is words on a page, Right? So what do I do? I pick up my little pad or I pick up a sketchbook and I start drawing. I've been doing this my whole life. My wife comes by one day. Um, I'm sitting in the living room. I'm just literally sketching something out during this period of, oh, my God, I can paint. Right? She's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm painting. I'm painting. Look, take a look. And I painted this thing of like a, a little red panda, like an anthropomorphized red panda and an owl, baby owl. Mm. Right. Because I was trying to work out how to draw feathers. And I was like, let me draw this owl, put them into context and that'll be easier for me. Right. Oh, here's a trick. I learned I can draw better when I'm telling a story than when I'm just drawing. All of my art is better when it's part of a story it's in my head than if I just said, let me draw a picture of this, which that, that's a trick for me anyway. So she comes over and she's like, what are you doing? I'm drawing. I'm showing to her. She stops. And she's walking away, right? And she's walking in the other room. She stops midway. And I'm like, huh? What's up? Right? She's just looking at me. And I'm like, uh, baby, what's up? <laughs> what's that look? She's like, I just figured something out about you, right? And I was like, what? She's like, you draw because you just like drawing. And I was like, I don't know what you mean. She's like, it's not that you like the finished product. You do. You like the activity of drawing. You like drawing. And I was like, uh, yeah? Is that a secret? Like, <laughs> you know, she's like, no, but it explains a lot. And then literally she kissed me on the forehead and walked away happy. Like, she's like, okay, I figured that out. Yeah. You know, and I was like, what the hell was that? But on a on a basic level, it's kind of like prayer, right? For me, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Right, the drawing is the world goes away in a way, and you're in the drawing, and the drawings in you, and it all sounds all loosey goosey, hippieish, and fairy taleish or whatever. But on a certain basic level, that is what it is. It's a, it is the act of creating something. It doesn't even matter if it's good or bad, you know. Like that's kind of not in the picture in a way, right. and that helped me loosen up that fear. That moment took away a lot of my fears about you know Jeff, just be a writer. You're not going to be the kind of artist you ever want to be, man. No, I mean, okay for hobbyists, but let's get real. Your, your skill is writing. Just commit to that, right? And then my wife did that thing, not even thinking that it meant anything, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, half my fear about showing my work was gone. Wow. And Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. that's some, that, that's why we get married. <laughs> oh, definitely, <laughs> that, definitely. That, that's the reason we all get married. Don't let them tell you anything else. <laughs> <laughs> Yay, ladies. Yeah, no, that support is, is, is vital, you know. And, 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 you know, that story is, is great because it is. It's like the, the people that know us the best. And, you know, we might have our own internal dialogues about, that where we hold ourselves back or whatever, but you know, yep. sometimes yep. people just see it in a pure manner, you know, and right away from you, away from your, your ego or yourself or whatever, just somebody looking, right. you know, it can help. And not in the judgy way, not in the, I'm looking at the art way, but looking at you. Right. And anyway, so yeah, so that, that was kind of part, it was like a weird, like, uh, uh what do you call it? A real weird hat trick of breakthroughs mm. happened in a short period of time. And all of a sudden let's make this book. So, um, the thing about the book is, uh, I did a short story set in what I call the other country, um, for you and my purposes, cause we're comic book, uh, geeks, uh, this picture of the other country is like halfway between, uh, the negative zone and Jack Kirby's fourth world. Okay. Okay. Um, there's a group of humans living there. I don't want to give too much of the story away. They have a society that is kind of like one of those Kirby high tech societies, but there's a reason for it, and they're not gods or anything. Um, and I wrote a short story about it 
uh, in the steampunk uh, prose anthology um, where I introduced these characters, or some of these characters, actually this character and her older cousin. Um, and I just, this, this one, the other country won't leave me alone, basically. So I keep trying to tell this story. It's such a great story. Um, it's such a big, good, I hope unifying good story that I was like, you're not getting any younger, buddy. You better get on this. So um, I'm not kidding, man. It's like I got about 9,000 stories to tell and about 40 more years of life to do it. That's, that's not a lot of running room. So, <laughs> it's motivation. <laughs> right? Yeah. So let's get on that. So with this in mind, I thought, and also this is a character I made up a long time ago, and it goes back to the, the black girl nerds. Uh, one of the, the, the review that was on the, um, the first review that came up, and I was so happy to see this, was I didn't even realize the character wasn't male until she took the mask off on page four or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then when she wasn't male and she was a black female, that made me happy, says the reviewer. And I'm like, that's exactly what I wanted. But also, black women... Women in general, but black women in specific, right. um, they're, when they're in this kind of material, they're generally hard asses, right? Yes, or yes. Yep. They're, they're sex objects, yep. right? Or they're just like the ever-serving, like, noble doctor slash priestess slash, you know, whatever. And I'm like, really? Have you met any black women? Like, right. Because <laughs> they're, they're people, yeah. Right, they're, they're, they're people. So, like... Um, I wanted to create, her name's Callie, uh, her full name's Callie Freeman, which will come out later. I don't, I'm not spoiling anything, mm. but she's part of a family. She's got cousins and sisters and moms and, you know, a mom and a dad. And she lives in a society that works a particular way, but she's still like upper teens and she's got her upper teen stuff she wants to do. Right. And I don't see a lot of that chick, you know, I don't see a lot of versions of that chick. Mm -hmm. So. I wanted to put her in a front and center situation where she can be both that um, and uh, Katniss Everdeen at the same time without having to have the Hunger Games around her. <laughs> like, right, she can just be that. And so you're in for a treat on the chapter two part because this is just the intro, intro issue. Mm -hmm. You get to see what her heart's made of. Now you get to see what her fire's made of in the next issue. And, uh, like, it's going to get a more action pack. Let me put it like that. Like, Messing with Callie is not the best thing anyone does with their day. So, <laughs> uh, you don't want to get on her wrong side. Let me put it like that. Mm -hmm. uh, but, uh, uh, so, but it's also a straight-up sci-fi universe in a way that Star Wars is straight-up. You know, it's his own thing. It's not trying to be anything else. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not talking about other comics. I'm not commenting on anything. I just wanted to put a black woman in a role I don't see black women in. That's it. Right. Like, and uh, similar with the thing that's going to come up with fantasy, I'm going to use those elves in something that I've been messing around with. Uh, and in the same way, they're in a setting that people aren't putting them in. So let me put them in some. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's pretty basic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> very cool, very cool. Well, I mean, we're we're definitely looking forward to seeing it. And um, you mentioned that, like, you know, when you go into the, the, the next phase or the next stage of, of the story um you know definitely we we'd love to have you back to to speak about it as we see it in anytime you want you, yeah you hit me on twitter um anytime you want me i'm really i'm very i'm really bad at this publicity stuff like I, i'm not a big toot my own horn type of guy even though i talk like a freaking maniac when i get to right. um but i don't really i'm not a big like call up people and dig my stuff guy so like no it, it's, uh, it's a it's a it's a struggle for artists i i have that struggle myself yeah so. so i try to let the work stand on its own but in a sea of millions of books i think somebody did a count and there's some ridiculous number of you know self-published or small published books now available because of digital technology right. like but also like you guys are doing something and some of the other podcasts are doing something that didn't exist when i was coming up which is you're trying to shine a light on stuff for people that just don't know where to go and look for it like you know, like, I, I don't know, uh, my parents brought me comics. My dad gave me superhero comics. My mom brought me these things, what they call Golden Legacy. Mm. You ever heard of those? Mm, okay. I don't think so, no. Okay. They were very well drawn, most of them, I have to say, looking back. I still have them around here somewhere. Right. But my mom brought me these comics called Golden Legacy Comics, and they were all the people that are now getting some movies made about them and stuff like that. Benjamin Banneker, uh, Thurgood Marshall. He might even still have been alive at that point. Mm -hmm. uh, so he definitely was, because uh, I was just a kid. You know, 
uh, Harriet Tubman, um, uh, Robert well, Robert Smalls, like all these people with Black history, right, in comic book form, like almost like here's some adventure literature. Oh yeah, these are all real people, you know, and. That was because my mom and my dad were doing that stuff and people were making that stuff and everything was decentralized, right? There wasn't such a thing as a comic book shop. Mm. It was like, you pick this up at 7-Eleven, you pick yeah. this up at a super, yeah. right? So I think my mom basically went out one day and went, huh? My son likes comics. Let me bring these home. <laughs> like that simple, right? Now that wouldn't happen because my mom would never go into a comic book shop, right? Wow. Uh, unless you know what you're going into there for, why is a person who's not already into comics going into a comic book shop? They're not. They, right. There's just no reason, right? Unless you're specifically going to buy comics. So the only way that could happen is for shows like yours to say, look over here. You know, I know you weren't thinking about this, but I was, and look at it, you know? Yeah. And uh, so I, I, I had to, I wouldn't describe myself as shy. I don't think anyone would say that. But, um, I'm not a big believer in standing on a chair and say, everybody look at me. I'm so cool. So um, is, I thank you for accepting to talk about this little silly thing I'm doing. But uh, on a big on a bigger note, what you do, what you guys do every basically every week, as far as I can tell, if not more, um, is this shining a light. There needs to be a billion times more of that. I think the better artists than me will need that same rise that Robert Kirkman got out of Walking Dead. Right. There's there's so many people making so much good stuff. Uh, let's everybody should be playing. Everybody gets to play, but they need an audience. You know, um, absolutely. That's that's the honestly, that's words to live by. And that's, a, I think, a perfect note to to, to wrap on. But OK, yeah, man. Thank you. Thank you so much. And, uh, you know, I, I know you're 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 humble about your your work, but I definitely recommend that everyone check it out. It's um. It's something that we need to see. And, you know, as somebody who loves sci-fi and loves fantasy, you know, it, it's always good to see people telling good stories with us in it. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to keep making them. Uh, right, <laughs> whether you're or not. <laughs> <laughs> Black comics. Black comics. Black comics. Black comics.